Welcome to episode 80 of On The Schmooze. Let's do this. Welcome to On The Schmooze, the podcast that highlights talented people from different fields, explores how they built strong networks, and overcame challenges on their way to becoming successful leaders. Now here's your host, Robbie Samuels. Would you ignore a prospect who wanted to buy from you? It seems like a ridiculous question. Yet every day, thousands of entrepreneurs ignore the one type of prospect who could be the game changer for their business. They reschedule on this type of prospect, claiming that spending time with them would be too time consuming. And they spend hours chasing others who aren't a fit, while this type of prospect is willing to give multiple referrals pay them more money, and offer life-changing business advice. And if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you may be doing the same thing. You may be ignoring the biggest advocates and revenue drivers in your business, your network. The truth is, you're not alone. Most of my clients, when they first come to me, tell me that networking is an afterthought for them. And every time, they're shocked at how just a few Simple steps can turn their life and business around. There was this one thing I decided to do that literally transformed my clients' businesses and opportunities. It was so simple and only took a small amount of time, but it got them real results. And now I want to share it with you through my Intentional Connections Mastermind. That's a 90-day program limited to only five women speakers and coaches, but As most people know, information is great, but it's useless without execution. That's why in this experience, you'll be meeting with four other women business owners just like you on a bi-weekly coaching call. You'll get the opportunity to learn and ask questions in real time with the support of the group. But this mastermind isn't for everyone. That's why I'm hopping on a call with each and every applicant to make sure it's a great fit. We'll discuss your business goals and make sure that this is the right next step for you and your business. If you're ready to shift your mindset around relationship building so you can discover new connections and business opportunities in the world around you and have the confidence and know-how to act on them, book your complimentary 60-minute strategy session at robbysamuels.com forward slash mastermind. Now, on to this week's show. Today's guest's mission in life is to empower individuals, leaders, and entrepreneurs to rediscover their brilliance, achieve meaning, balance, and true happiness in life without compromising their financial success. His work and legacy are to provide humans with the tools and skills to become the person they've always dreamed of being. For 20 years, he achieved financial success and business notoriety as a large firm financial consultant but was unfulfilled and had lost hope because he felt trapped in a lucrative career, forced to make decisions out of fear instead of goodness. His experiences led him to found Choose Goodness, a movement known for helping individuals, executives, and businesses bridge the gap between profitability and humanity. Please join me in welcoming Tommy Breedlove. Hey, Robbie. Hey, everybody. Beautiful day here. Cold day in Atlanta. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Tommy, thank you so much for joining me from your office in Atlanta. I just want to dive right in. It's a podcast about leadership and networking. So 
let's just start off. Like, how would you define leadership? And when did you realize you had the skills to lead? <laughs> so I'll start with the second question. When I, I was actually the president of my high school band, it was a position that you were elected to. And this was maybe the harshest criticism I've ever received as a human being. And it didn't hit me at the time, but it hit me like 20 years later. My band director looked me in the eyes and he says, you're a great leader, Tommy. Hitler was a great leader. I was like, oh my God. And what he was meaning was, is that I was leading people down the wrong path. I was leading mm. them not from a place of, I was leading them in a, in a the cool guy, gotta be cool, you know, that whole high school insecurity thing. So I guess I started realizing that I was a leader when I started getting elected to all of these leadership positions in high school and then ultimately in college. And it wasn't something that I guess it came natural, and I, I'm not sure why. Um, I, maybe it's one of those God-given talents that was given to me. But um, the truth of the matter is, for 36 years of my life, I was the leader who led with the iron will, the fear that I'm going to be tougher than you, I'm going to be smarter than you, never ask for help, that type of leadership. And that led to uh, me into a lot of deep, dark places, even in, as a partner in a large financial consulting mm. firm. And at age 36, I had this, we'll call it spiritual awakening or transformation. Some people call it just totally screwing up, hitting rock bottom. <laughs> we'll be cool about it. <laughs> but then I totally shifted from to a place of compassion, abundance, empathy, really empowering employees, clients, myself, and just really really being more of a servant leader. So someone who empowers people, someone who listens to people, someone who is compassionate, um, sometimes has to set forceful, compassionate boundaries. But you, you set the example, you walk the walk, you talk the talk, and you lead by example, and you lead from a place of compassion, courage, and goodness. And so that's what I define leadership as being. So this is really cool because you've seen both sides of this sort of extremes of what leadership, because people do the first way you're describing leadership is still under the word leadership. People see that and think that's leadership, the strong, you know, strong direction, very directive, very forceful, assertive, and not always effective <laughs> because right. people then respond <laughs> by like, you know, doing out of fear and their own brilliance doesn't come forward because they're afraid to even share that part of themselves. And it seems like now you're, you're on the other side of this where you have humility and suddenly the world's more abundant because you're inviting other people in, right? I mean, completely. It was so interesting. I, I had gotten so far and I was wearing all these masks. I was a junior partner in one of a very large Southeastern financial consulting firm and wearing all these masks as a leader, the guy that would never ask for help, ye who turns the lights off last wins, making my some of my international staff work 24 hours. And I'm not kidding on that. They had to literally work a 24-hour day. And what, what example was I setting? I, I, I was... I was saying certain things, but acting in certain other ways. It was definitely a insecure, fear-based mentality. Because like you said, Robbie, I didn't want to show them the real me. I was mm -hmm. scared of what, what if I took down all these masks? Um, would they not promote me? Would I not become a senior partner? Would they not really like who I was? But when I got past all that nonsense and really found who Tommy was as a leader, who Tommy was as a human, and who Tommy was as a man and a, and a junior partner of the firm, the most amazing thing happened. This is no truth 
within three years, I went from junior partner to senior equity partner to international practice leader and was eventually elected to the board of directors for this mm. large firm where most people were six years old at 39 years old. And mm. so just by doing the right things and coming from a place of compassion, courage, being present in conversations and leading by example and treating people how I wanted to be treated. The firm prospered, the people prospered, I prospered both internally and financially. And so I, I really have lived both sides. Of, yeah. Unfortunately, I've only lived seven years on this side, so I've got a long way to go to make <laughs> up for that first 36 years. <laughs> it's a work in process, brother. <laughs> I love it because your, your 36 years though counted like you, how you were in the playground. So I think we can forgive some of that. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I was probably only a decade or so of actually being in the workforce. But what was your inspiration? Was there a person that, so I, you know, a lot of times we see leadership in other people and then we want to emulate it for good or bad. Was there somebody who was showing you that this is another, another path? The transparent, honest answer to that is I was living the madman wolf of Wall Street lifestyle. I mean, I put so much emphasis on things and watches and money and titles and prestige and candidly, the industry I was in um, and the people I associated with, that whole like attracts like thing, mm. I truly believe in that stuff. I mean, I was attracting the same you know, mentors, friends, coaches, the locker room, clubhouse, fraternity men- mentality. And so I really didn't have... I did have a really good leader 10 years before that at, at a, a German firm that passed away very young. And so he might have been an inspiration. But for me, it was really about literally having that aha, oh my God moment, I need to change because whatever this is, it's just not working. I can't be scared, insecure, and feel unworthy for the rest of my life, which masked itself in horrible, horrible behaviors. And so I I just made a decision to change and really went on this emotional, mental, spiritual, physical journey into just being a better man and really investing in myself. So it was really really, there was some inspiration in my past. And then all of a sudden, these abundant, worthy-minded mentors and coaches and friends and these people just started manifesting my life just because they saw me really working hard to truly become the human that I wanted to become. The hardest part is the in-between when you make a decision to change, but the people aren't around you yet to help you through that journey. And yet, you did it long enough and, and hard, you, know, you worked at it enough to, to be seen right in this way. So how would you sort of in a in a more succinct way define leadership? Like if I was to tweet it out, how would you say is leadership today the way you think of it? Leadership today the way I would think of it would be compassion, courage and empathy but with forceful boundaries. That's what Ooh. I would say. Yeah. You have to say no and set forceful yeah, boundaries. Right, cuz you can't be a doormat. No, you have yeah. to, you have yeah. to know what you stand for and not compromise that Yeah, ever. Yeah. That's you cannot great. compromise your values or integrity for what other people think or society thinks or just think anything out of your value systems. And that takes a lot of courage, by the way. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of work too, to figure out who you are and what boundaries mm. you want. Cause I think when you first set boundaries, you are extreme about them. And so there takes a little bit of balance to find that pendulum to swing from one direction to the other and then kind of back, <laughs> back towards the middle. Yeah, completely. And that's, I mean, honestly, I work, I spend a significant amount of time with both leaders and entrepreneurs and individuals, as well as companies to help them rediscover who they truly are and what they want to stand for and what legacy do they want to leave as humans, leaders or businesses. And it's a very in-depth, long 
audit type accountability, mm. courageous step to do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't come without bumps in the roads and criticisms. And if you're, I'm, I'm a believer and I, I've lived it. If you're not getting criticized, you're not doing anything, man. <laughs> so what would you say <laughs> is most rewarding about the work you're doing today with Choose Goodness? I think the, I think the most rewarding is there's a lot of businesses and men. I'd say nine out of 10 of my clients are men. I also have some other team members on the team that work with other folks and women. But I think the most rewarding part is a lot of these executive men from literally ages 38 to two sixty-eight year olds have reached out to me who have attained some financial success in life, but have done it in maybe ways that were outside of their value systems and they've compromised their values and their dignity. And it's manifested itself in some really destructive behaviors for them and their family and their lives. And they just want to have meaning in life. They want to work in their zone of brilliance or genius. They want to um, leave a legacy, something more because they can't, they realize they can't take the money with them and they don't want to live with regrets. And I'm not the guy that stands in front of them like a sage on the stage or the psychologist behind them. I'm just the guy who lived it. I'm the guy who's been there and come out on the other side. And I stand side by side with him, brother, because this work for me is life or death. I spend two hours a day investing in myself. And so that's the most rewarding part is I only, I not only do it for myself and my, my communities and my family, but I also am supporting businesses and executive men to really become the humans they've always dreamed of being, man. So that's the most rewarding. Yeah. And so now that you, you described earlier, a really big challenge, but as you move through that, and you're still obviously on that journey, but now that you're in this new place um, with other you know, supports around you, with a really clear vision of where you want to be and who you want to bring with you, what are the challenges you experience now in this new phase of your life? And, and how do you overcome I, that? I, I think, honestly, that all of this, this journey for happiness, um, success, and most of the people that, that I associate with, like yourself, are very ambitious. And ambitious people, we still struggle with perfectionism. We still struggle with the not good enoughs. What if people really see me? Why me's? All that stuff still comes up. It doesn't matter, I mean, what benchmark we set for ourselves. I mean, the struggle is still real. Those little voices will creep in your head as, oh my God, Toyota wants me to go speak in front of all of these people. This entrepreneurial program wants me to come in and set an example and judge and hand out money or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And these, these, these little voices from way back when, these insecurities and all that stuff come up and say, oh my God, why me? And so it, the work continues, who you surround yourself with is so important. So mm-hmm. that's still the challenge is all of that stuff. I mean, I just have to be transparent about it. I, the, the reason I do all of this work and continue to do it is, is honestly self-confidence, worthiness, and should just be okay with honestly walking out the door naked. I mean, that's the Mm -hmm. only analogy I got and saying, here I am world, either Mm -hmm. you dig it or you don't. And so that stuff still comes up for me till this day. It sounds like it's really a lot about mindset and, and always resetting that. Like, you know, don't assume that once you've done it, it's done. I think it's hard for people Mm. who are trying to affect change in their life. So there's change and there's progress, right? Change is I turn the light off and you turn it on. I turn it off, you turn it on. Like (laughs) we've changed it. But progress is us collaborating about where we want it to be and then leaving it on or off, either one. But it's, per, it's like a more permanent. It's not absolute, but it's like we've agreed to leave it there for the time being and assess later whether it's right. where we want it to be. And I, and I think like it sounds like you've shifted from just trying to make change to, to finding a way to have something that really sticks. 
Absolutely. Um, but recognize that that's not a one time. That's like an ongoing like process for you, and you're bringing that process to other people through Choose Goodness. So good on you. I mean, that's great. Yeah, it's strategies and tactics, and honestly, yeah. accountability. It takes people. You you need someone like me or someone else or someone like you to help hold folks accountable. I have an army that holds me accountable, and yeah. I think that's the that's really important. And here's something key too that it, it really reminded me when we were just talking there, because we're filled with ambition and we have goals and we have really aspirations for real, true change in ourselves and others. My wife and I had this long conversation last night at dinner. We want to enjoy the moment. Like literally she just got published yesterday and her wow. book is now on Amazon, but she hated the way it looked. She didn't like the, the actual presentation that was done. And she finally said, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and enjoy this moment that I worked hard on this. It's on Amazon. I've done this and let's just be grateful for it. And so mm-hmm. I think that's huge for this thing we call life too, is really enjoying and celebrating from small to large successes. Mm-hmm. You know, getting up and breathing every morning is a pretty big darn deal, man. <laughs> And so being grateful for that and present with right. it, I mean, it's Absolutely. really key to this thing. And I think that's a key to happiness and, and joyfulness in life. So uh, there's this piece about when you're striving for success, which clearly you, you're starting to really see a lot of that. Um, there's this fear of failure, of uh, not being good enough, uh, not doing something right. So could you share a little bit about what aren't you good at? Like you're good at a lot of things. You've, you've reinvented yourself. But what are the aspects of your work and your world that you're not good at? And then how do you manage through that? I would say I'm super good at connecting with human beings. I'm super good at strategy and building tactics. But other than, but when it comes to the implementation of that, I have to surround myself with a lot of folks who can actually get it done. Yeah, I can live up in the clouds and help build strategies for humans and companies and then help build those stat- tactics behind that. But then the execution of those tactics usually comes from other folks. Mm-hmm. So what I do to surround, uh, to surround my, and most of the people that I either work with or my independent contractors or my masterminds and mentor groups know this. And so they, they know that if I get into that, I'll start shutting down and literally go into cocoon. And so I delegate everything. If I'm not mm. good at it, I delegate it. And I would highly recommend and That's something I do for both businesses and people do is help them really. And that goes to your zone of genius. You need to focus on what you're super good at and only right. do that and surround yourself with others to help you accomplish whatever goal and mission you have. And so I delegate everything, brother. And so yeah. <laughs> that's the, otherwise, if I do it, it's just going to be, it's going to be crappy. So <laughs> well, and I also know you, you sound like so many other entrepreneurs who are the bottleneck in their business. Totally. You know, you're the brilliance behind it, but if, if it's up to you to execute it, you know, there's a challenge there because you have so much going on and the surrounding with a good team. It sounds like you've done that. I think something's important though, Robbie, and this is super important, I think, to fulfillment and happiness in life. I spent literally 20 years in large financial consultings. We've done hundreds of mergers and acquisition deals, financial audits, financial consulting, and I was ridiculously good at that, but I hated it. Mm. And so just because you're good at something doesn't mean you need to do it. And, you know, I would walk in out of the elevator and I would literally feel like the weight of the world was on my shoulders and my Uh soul was being sucked out. But just because you're really good at something doesn't mean, and 
you know, there's a lot, we're probably good at things that we're also very bad for other people. Yeah. Doesn't mean you need to be doing those things. So really finding something that you're good at and you enjoy, I think is the key to life. So I did want to say that because just being mm-hmm. good at it doesn't mean, or bad at it doesn't mean you should or should not do it. And I, don't, I actually don't like the word should. <laughs> what it feels like fulfillment too, right? Like, uh, right. you know, for me, I'm in a position with my business. It's been really, um, it's been shifting a lot. I, I launched a bestseller a few months back. And from that, like now I'm doing a more coaching and launching a mastermind. I've done all this great work and I've had some really good feedback. It's like, yes, you want to find your ideal client who can, you know, you can help them. They want the help. They'll do the work. They're willing to pay for it, but that it's actually fulfilling to you. So I've realized that some of the clients I could have worked with over the last six months uh, need the work (laughs) <laughs> would probably do the work, but I would not, I would feel drained working with that particular kind of client. Whereas I had to search for the kind that would work for me. Like how, how, how does that work in a symbiotic kind of way? So it's, it's, it's great that you mentioned that. I think it's so important. It's hard though, isn't it? It's ridiculously hard. It takes a lot of courage to do that. <laughs> it, it's not a one-time conversation. <laughs> it's a lot of <laughs> saying no hard. to money. It's a lot of saying yeah. no to like often easy money or easier money. Um, and sometimes big money. Yeah. And I sort of, that's my last like few years has been, cause I'm like, I don't have time to waste. It's like my most precious commodity. So I got to oh, be clear no. on where I'm putting it. And uh, so, so actually that brings me to the next question I wanted to ask you about, which was, I think this idea of work-life balance is really, yeah, kind of that farce, but it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know what he, I, right. But it's like something. It's a choice really. I don't know. Farce. It might be a farce. It's a choice. It's hard for ambitious people. <laughs> uh, maybe it's more like an integration. I don't know. But there's a way in which as an entrepreneur, particularly um, the blurry line between work and home, right? Like, because you don't just work at a desk in an office that's like many miles away from your house. Like you're always thinking about things. How do you know when you're not working at the job? Like, how do you know when you're not in your business? How do you know when you're, you're off the clock? What does it look like? For me, um, I have to, my brain, I call it the Tommy go round. It never shuts off and it drives some of my friends and wife crazy because when I'm, even when I'm down, I'm listening to books. It's like (laughs) it never shuts off. And so honestly, I don't really know when I'm down. And so I've asked for boundaries and accountability from the people that are really close to me. Actually, one of my rent, I have these rules. And if you actually go to my website, I will give you my rules to life. And this is just how Tommy puts on his pants. But one of them is never compromise your time with your friends or family by working. And so I consciously don't pick up my phone, even when it's ringing and dinging from all the different things and people calling me, telling me their world is burning down. I don't pick it up. I stay in the moment. I consciously think about, I I live in the present moment and try to be with my friends and family or my, my parents or whoever it might be, or this conversation right now, because it's so super important for that human interaction and for me to remember it because if I'm constantly Mm -hmm. planning for the future and the next thing and the next person, I'm not here right now. And so that's how I know. And honestly, I've gotten such a transparent relationship with my mentors, my family, my wife, they'll call me on it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? You're right. And they can see it in my eyes. They can see it in my body language. They they know when I'm there and when I'm not there. And it really means a lot to people when you're there. And so being present, I have them hold me accountable. Totally, totally. It's hard. It's, all this stuff is tough. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the best gifts you can give someone is to be present. This is like the Bill Clinton factor, 
right? Like, oh yeah, he he was able to do it in seconds. Like, just be really present with someone, and ha- and that person was like, wow, I was his whole yeah. world for those few seconds. And if you can offer that to your closest friends and family, yeah, it's the best thing you can do. Think about if you do that with clients too. If you yeah. do it with your clients or customers or business associates, vendors, whoever it might be, if you're there with them and you just hear them, or even the person at the grocery store who's checking you out or yeah. the waiter that serves your food, if you're with them in that moment, you change their life and you yeah. acknowledge human to human, we're equal. I'm with you. I'm here with you. And I see you. I think it's huge, man. I think it's, it's because it feels rare today with us being yeah. sort of tethered to our phones, it's, it's even bigger when people do it, right? Like, it, totally. I'm thinking about like Bill Clinton did it in an era when like that wasn't the case, but now we're all distracted. And, right. you know, none of us walk looking forward. <laughs> you know, we're all I make a conscious effort to do it. I, I make a conscious effort to look up. Man, I call it looking up, right? Just right. look up, man. You gotta look up. Yeah. So you have uh, really just transformed who's in your network, who's in your community over the last uh, seven or so years. And mm. yet you have this life even before that of all the companies you worked for. Are you intentional? And, and in what ways are you intentional with sort of sustaining those relationships, with, with reconnecting or staying in touch, however you would define it? You know, it's so inter- that's a great question. So here's, I, I, I actually made a big mistake, I think, when I initially decided to you know, create the Choose Goodness movement and to do speaking and writing and, and mentoring and coaching. I just saw it as good, bad, black and white. And I was so jaded from my prior network. Um, and there, what I've realized is I was the one jaded, not them. They're actually all, there's goodness and, and, and compassion and just great values in every human being on earth. It's just whether I choose to see it or not. So I have reconnected back within the large banking, venture capital, public accounting, law. I've, I've reconnected with them. And I've built even stronger relationships from my former financial type Mm -hmm. networks. But I'm extremely intentional now about um, who I meet with, when I meet with them. Um, I always want to start with how can I help them and end with how can I help them? Because I think it's super important that we give 51% more than we receive. But I also love, I think you brought up this point when we were talking kind of offline. I love surrounding myself with people who challenge me from artists to musicians to writers to people with completely different social, yeah. religious, and cultural ideas for me because I always learn from them. And I, try, I, I do a, a really good job of trying, okay, where are they coming from and what can I learn from that? And I think that's really helped me in business and life as well. So I'm curious because you mentioned that and um, I do think about this question a lot about like how, how do we actually have a diverse network? And, and it, it has to be thoughtful because there's a default. You said it earlier, like, like things to like. I mean, um, if we don't make the effort, we end up surrounding ourselves with people who have a very similar experience in the world. <laughs> um, similar experience with education, career, aspirations, worldview, the whole bit. And it's, it's intentional then to shift from that. So what are, what are the ways you're doing that? Are you... Are you hosting things? Are you attending spaces? Like, like, how do you break out of the molds of just being around certain kinds of people? 
Uh, it's all the above for me. And so I really came from a conservative family background. Um, a conservative financial industry is very conservative. It has certain extremely, uh, especially political views and other. And so uh, that's who I surrounded myself with for years and years and years. And then when I moved into the Choose Goodness movement, I, I kind of opened my eyes to other ways of thinking and, and ideas and things. And so I'm very intentional now. I'll give you an example of something I did recently. Um, I host events, but I also attend things out of my comfort zone. And I'll mm. give you an example of that in just a second. So I do host events probably about six times a year. And there's a local artist in town that I've really fallen in love with. He's a very, very open mind. He's, he is an artist, man. I mean, if you had to stereotype an artist, that's that dude. And he's just this beautiful human being and soul with very different backgrounds and views and ideas. And we've become the best of buddies. But I believed in him. So what I did is I invited probably about 60 people over to my town home, And we had cocktails and hors d'oeuvres and a celebration of his art. I had a couple of his pieces there. And then we went to one of his shows. And it allows, and I had so many people say, I would have never met that human being. And we, you, had, you couldn't talk about politics or religion or any of that stuff. And people had an amazing time. And I promise you, if they met on social media or in the noise of the world, they would have never spoken and probably hated each other. But because they were in that environment, they were together, they met, they made eye to eye contact and saw each other as humans. It ended up being beautiful. So that I, I do it. So then I always, when I meet people, I'll ask for other introductions or somebody else I just need to meet as a human, not necessarily that'll help me in business or life, just as a human, do I need to know this? And I think me and the network that I surround myself with do that. Um, another thing that I do, I'm actually involved with a mastermind group. Um, and I don't want to go too deep into that, but they have certain ideological views that are really different than mine. And so it's always a challenge for me to A, stay present and B, not to judge. And <laughs> I think it's really been good exercise because what I realized from, and this is a men's group, that they're all beautiful men coming, like you said, from their own point of view, where their parents, where they're from, who they hang out with, what they listen to. That's what we're, we're all one big stew of that stuff. Yeah. And what I've brought to them is maybe a different perspective especially on presence, mindfulness, other ways of thinking because of my travels. And I think they've really gotten a lot out of me and me out of them. And I think it's so far been a really productive thing. And that's out of my comfort zone. Absolutely. And it feels like uh, the challenge today is to learn how to have a conversation, really communicate and be heard and listen when we're in the presence of someone who doesn't share our worldview, who challenges us, right, in some way. Um, and I think people shy away from those moments. So it's, it's great that you're creating them and giving other people an opportunity in because I think people need examples. Um, we totally. definitely have to get offline. I mean, I think I love technology, but a lot of this really is about getting in front of people. So it, as far as your actual network, though, do you have any kind of systems for keeping track of who you've spoken with recently, who you haven't totally. in a while? Like, where, like how... Like what's, is it like index cards? Is it a CRM? Is it a, an admin who like whispers in your ear? <laughs> like, is it all the above? It's all the above. So I have, uh, and you said it was okay to say this. I have what I call a hell yes list. And so um, I have this rule in life. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And that means for clients, for what I do at night, what I do in my spare time, who I hang out with and who I associate with. And so this list is the people that are just super important to me in life and relationships and business. And I meet with them on a very regular basis. I have an EA that helps me and we've got, we don't have a formal CRN system. We have an Excel spreadsheet, believe it or not, but she keeps track of it. She sets the appointment. I send out the emails, letting them know how important they are to me. And some of these people have been my lifelong friends that we get caught up in life and travel 
travels and speaking yeah. and coaching and kids. And uh, you, we know how life just kicks us, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes, but because I have an accountability partner and an amazing, uh, and this is a, an executive assistant that I can call and see, mm-hmm. I, I choose that path and that will reach out to people for me. Um, it gives me a more level of intimacy and, and accountability to meeting those people. And then I also just from a systematic standpoint, make sure that I'm out networking at least two or three times a week with someone new. Mm-hmm. And so that's usually, once you build a certain a size and network, the, the connections and who you like to meet, who you don't like to meet kind of get known with in your community and they make usually the, and if you're coming from a place of goodness and abundance, the usual yeah. connections that people make for you are pretty remarkable these days. Some of these oh, people, sometimes absolutely. I don't know if I like you, Robbie, I'm like, why am I even in this room? These people are amazing. I think I had that experience yeah. last night actually. I'm like, <laughs> these people are just so cool in every, every single way and they're amazing and I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, there's that old rule of never be the smartest one in the room. And you're like, never been the most amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easy for me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never, never be the most amazing one either. So it's, it's right. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's cool. I, I, so the CRM that I've been using the last couple of years is Contactually. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. Should I check it out? So, yeah. What I like about it is um, you basically put your contacts into different buckets and so, you know, how often you might connect with a past client or a prospective client or a colleague or a mentor might, you know, varies. So you put them all in these different buckets and each bucket has a timer. So it's 15 days, a month, two months, a quarter, whatever. And if the timer runs out and you haven't reconnected, it pops up in your dashboard. Oh, that's awesome. And then, so it knows that you sent an email or, or, or you made a phone call or you can log that interaction in when you do it. Um, so like it, it's nice because I actually, when I first started using it, I thought it was going to be for my, my like tight network, but it's mm. been most effective actually for my most weak connections because oh, it's nice. easy to forget those people. And so I'll meet someone at a conference. I'll throw them in this bucket. Uh, you know, of course, you do the initial reach out. I'll do that right away. And then that bucket will pop up twice in the next two months. Uh, sorry, twice in the next month. And so it'll give me a chance to think about, okay, should I reach out to them again? And if, 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 if by the second time I haven't done it, then it's pretty easy. Okay, I'm going to move them off this to like a skip for now, you know? But it's, it's a reminder. So like you and I have a, a friend in common, Dara. She was an example yeah. of someone that I got introduced to her. I was, you know, great conversation. And she's the kind of person that I was like, well, we don't have a thing to work on right now. So I have to be intentional about reconnecting with her. And so mm. this sort of made it possible for me to think of her again a few more times. And now she's like enough in my radar that I don't have to be as like, I don't have to be like, oh, well, who is she? How do I, how do I, you know, she's like now more on my stage, you know, because we've had enough interaction together. Um, so and vice versa, she's doing a nice job introducing me to people and uh, as well. So it's Here just my staff, by the way, did you hear him? <laughs> I hear this. I hear him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think it's really cool. And you could check it out. There's a 14 day trial at robbysamuels.com forward slash contactually. That's C-O-N-T-A-C-T-U-A-L-L-Y. Um, could easily kind of drop people in from your spreadsheet and then just have your EA manage a dashboard, um, which is pretty cool. And I, and you can track notes and all the things you would think of. Um, but, but again, like, I just think that's what I've heard of a lot of different systems people have. And 
you know, some some really intricate spreadsheets included. Um, oh wow! But even old-fashioned stacks of business cards, like that, you just kind of rotate, <laughs> would also work. It's just about making sure you're intentional about, but actually making those connections happen. But I love that. I mean, that software sounds amazing. It sounds like it would simplify, yeah. and you get. I don't know if you're like me. You get you go to these conferences or you do a speaking gig or you're oh, yeah. in, in these companies, you get millions of, of business cards and you meet these amazing people that you do want to follow up with, that you yeah. do want to keep in touch with just either at the human or the professional yeah. level. And it can get overwhelming sometimes. And so being able to manage that, I love the, I love that. I'm going to check it out. Honestly, yeah, it's going to be great. Well, one of the things I always offer people because I'm an affiliate is if you go through that link and you sign up and you want some help thinking about how to set up your buckets and, create a system around it. I'm happy to chat with you and or EA and just sort of think it through. Uh, Because I've been tweaking it and playing with it and have my clients playing with it now for a few years. Um, And I I think at first you can get overwhelmed and make 20 buckets. No, you can't do that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you can't, Matt. It's like uh, too much, too much. Yeah. The system so, becomes a system. Yeah, yeah. It's like I need an assistant just to manage the system. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. So if, <laughs> if, if you were starting over again and or if you were talking to someone who was 25 years old today or if you were thinking back to yourself when you were 25 or so and you were really in the thick of this financial world too, what kind of advice would you give either you know, to yourself or to someone getting sort of coming up in the in the ranks today to to really encourage yourself to build a strong, supportive professional network? What would be your like, key advice? The key advice I would say first is drop the ego and perfectionism. I think with a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and especially becomes our businesses become our babies. And we want to control everything. We want it to be perfect. It's ours. Um, and that can come out in a lot of different not so healthy behaviors and egotisms and really, which is really a form of insecurity. So I would say drop the ego and perfectionism and surround yourself with like-minded, the same value type people to help you accomplish your, your vision. So let go of the ego and perfectionism. The second thing I would say is this is just an emotional thing is know that everybody out there in your situation is scared to death, Mm. insecure, doesn't know if they can do it. And you're not alone in that. So let that crap go. Literally let it go because everybody, they can say all these cool things and I'm going to build a billion dollars and they can use the word scalability and investments and series A and all that blah, blah, blah. I come from the financial world, man. That's like breathing to me. That's all nonsense. No, they're scared. No, they're just like you. So let that stuff go. Um, The third thing, and this is the biggest thing at all. If we start becoming successful entrepreneurs or business owners, we, we stop doing the thing that we built the business on. If your thing is people or software or a distribute, if you're really good at whatever you as the founder are really good at, stay in that lane. Mm. Don't worry about being the CEO, the CFO, the COO, the janitor, you know, the, the cook, the chef. I mean, you can't do it all. And that's that control and perfectionism that's going to get in your way. So make sure you stay in your lane and stick with what you're really good at because that's what's going to make this business successful anyway. Outsource and delegate the rest to people that you trust and Mm. be okay with compensating them in whatever way is necessary to make all of you successful. That's what I would recommend. Yeah, that's great. And then they'll really be on board with your vision becoming a reality. Because of course, like you said earlier, you often need other people to help with the implementation. So speaking, yeah. of, speaking of implementation, here's my final question for you. If we were to chat again a year or so from now and we were celebrating all of your successes, what would we be celebrating? 
So I have a book coming out Q2 called From Pawn to King. Um, I would love, I would, a really big success is people just to dig it and for it to change humans' lives. Um, it talks about my journey and my client's journey and my, through, you know, 24 years of doing business the wrong way and the right way where I thought I was a king, but truly I was a pawn in a bigger system. So I think success for me is that really affecting and changing people's lives and hopefully people, um, digging that book. I do believe that there's going to be some very large uh, speaking gigs. I think a really big success for me would be to speak at, a, at the same place that like um, some of my mentors would be. And I'll, I'll, mm. I'll, I'll say some of them. Uh, Brene Brown, I'm a, just a massive fan of hers. A Lewis Howes or, or a Tim Ferriss type person, I would love to be on the same stage and speaking with them coming from my perspective, but also being able to meet them and give them a hug because they've meant so much to me in my life, especially Brene Brown, that woman. Whew. Yeah. Whew, she hits me hard, brother. Yeah. 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 Well, that's I great. love her, man. So how can yeah. people find you and follow your work? Absolutely. You can reach me directly at TommyBreedLove.com. Um, there's a place on the website that you can go to and there's a meet Tommy or, or have a, you know, we can have a 15 to 30 minute discussion on, on just you. I'd love to meet you and know who you are. And if you do that, you get guides to my personal plan of how I actually live my life. People really seem to dig that thing. And so it's really cool. And there's also some steps to achieving meaning in, in books that really mean a lot to me that I give out. Um, or you can just email me directly at Tommy at TommyBreedLove.com. So either one of those ways, if you want the free stuff, there's that there for you. Or if you just want to reach me directly, reach out and let's say hello at Tommy at TommyBreedLove.com. And I noticed you shared a link that I'm going to put in the show notes uh, where you're giving away a nice gift. What, what, is, what is the gift you're giving our listeners? That, that was that uh, personal plan and the, and the steps to achieving meaning in life or awesome. as a business. And, and that crazy thing about that personal plan is one of the largest advertising firms in the city now uses it and has monthly meetings for their employees on uh-huh. just how to be better humans and better leaders. So it's, it's really fascinating how that thing has just taken off. And it's really, it's, it's kind of intimate because it's my life. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's really fascinating that people dig it. <laughs> I will uh, have all that in the show notes as well as ways to reach you on social media. Thank you so much, Tommy, for spending some time with us. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome, Robbie. You're a cool dude, man. I look forward to, to, to seeing what the adventure holds and life holds for all of us, man. And congratulations again on your, on your, 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 your newborn. Awesome. Thank you. You're very welcome. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Tommy. Such a pleasure to speak with him and learn about his leadership journey. What is your key takeaway from our conversation? Something you'll put into action this week that you'll benefit from for years to come. Share what resonated with you in the show notes at ontheschmooze.com. Look for episode 80. And that's also where you'll find all the links from today's episode. And don't forget, if you're ready to shift your mindset around relationship building so you can discover new connections and business opportunities in the world around you and have the confidence and know-how to act on them, book your complimentary 60-minute strategy session at robbysamuels.com forward slash mastermind and we can see if you're being a good fit for my next intentional connections mastermind if you enjoyed this episode with tommy please share it with your friends and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's show are you a fan that's awesome i would love to read your review in itunes it's easy to find our itunes page at itunes.ontheschmooze.com thank you in advance and i look forward to connecting again next week when I'll be interviewing another talents professional about their untold stories of leadership and networking. 
We'll explore their career challenges, work-life balance, and how they built a strong professional network on their way to becoming successful leaders. Until then, have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to On the Schmooze podcast at www.ontheschmooze.com. That's On the Schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.